0: Align to your company's goals. Don't pick something that's out in left field, right? That's a little more esoteric. That that affects, you know, one percent of your business. You know, be aligned to your company's goals. Every CEO that I've ever met valued growth. It always, it wasn't always number one, but it was always within the top three. that's, that's an easy shortcut. If you can deliver something that's going to enhance growth, either by growing revenue, reducing cost, increasing efficiency. You're going to make your board happy.
1: Welcome to the Change Agent Podcast. My name is Nathan Lisnowski. I'm Concurrency's Chief Technology Officer. This is the podcast where we talk about interesting technology topics, individuals who are transforming their industry with technology and doing instrumental things within their businesses. We've had just awesome guests on this program. We've talked about marketing, manufacturing, transformation of payment industries, talking about agile and transformation of development, and today is no exception. Today we're going to be talking with Rick Hartline. Rick is a change agent, the Enterprise Director of IT at PLS Financial Services, and he is here to talk a little bit about how he's using data to drive value within the business. Welcome today, Rick.
0: Thank you, Nathan. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here, meet you and talk with you and your team. Uh, Really exciting. Um, And it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I think is a real opportunity for people to explore uh, in a position like mine. Um, You know, a lot of of time and energy and and digital ink, if you will, has been spent uh, on accelerating trends, right? Um, We've seen during the pandemic, um acceleration to digital right and that that happened even before the pandemic but it's really it kicked it up a notch mm-hmm. right starting last year what i haven't heard as much about uh is data and unlocking the, the value from data uh, i think it's really important that companies take that opportunity uh and and be a change agent to not only collect data but actually extract value from it for their company
1: so what would you say that means when you have to talk about a lot, a lot of people talk about the value of data, but like what, when you think about extracting value from data, what does that mean to you?
0: Yeah, a lot of us, you know, we inherently know that that data is valuable, right? We collect it, we go to great lengths to collect it, to store it, to secure it, to have governance around it, right? Um, but if you don't unlock unlock the value from if you don't actually extract business outcomes from that data, then data is essentially just a cost at the end of the day right? It actually has negative value if you don't do something with it. Now, I've met a lot of IT leaders in my career, and most of us, what we do is we do the steps that I talked about in storing the data and maintaining and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we set up an intake process, and we build reports, and we build dashboards based on business requests. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But that's not really being a change in my mind taking leadership and being a change agent means looking at it from a different lens, um, looking for every opportunity to turn that into value for the business. Um, uh, you know, there's an acronym that I use uh, in my world, uh, more MRE, which stands for missing opportunities repeatedly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and the E uh, which is the reason why those opportunities are missed is not enough engagement. Um, that means when you're in a board meeting, when you're working with your peers, when you're hearing about problems, you should be thinking about how can I solve that problem? How can I leverage our data to turn that into something of value to solve that problem? And there's, you know, endless opportunities if you have that mindset.
1: So most companies they have some kind of data environments and most of them have reports they run and they look at the- their data and they say, I'm, I'm getting value from data. I'm looking at reports of information and I'm making decisions from it. Yeah. You know, what are they missing? What, what are you doing differently that they're not doing?
0: Sure. So I can give you some examples um, from last year um, and, and going into the pandemic. I read a book that that really sparked um, my imagination on this, that that um, inspired me to move forward in, in this area. Uh, it was a book by Doug Laney. Uh, it's called Infonomics. Um, and it really talks about, and, and there's other books on this subject, right? But this was something that, that just kind of fell in my lap right before the pandemic. And when the pandemic hit, and I'm talking March, mid-March 2020, um, things changed dramatically in a lot of retail spaces, right? There was pretty dramatic changes. And for us, I can say that we saw just a cliff of, of revenue loss mm-hmm. during that time period, like a lot of companies, right? And we understand the reasons for that. So what we did, and, I, and I'm, I'm really proud of our leadership team for coming together on this, we started doing a date, what we called a daily COVID call. And it may not be politically correct in terms of the naming, but, sure. but what it was, was really a, tr- in my mind, a triage call. And it was really to support our operations team and our sales teams. This is to understand what their needs were and, and what problems they were facing from day to day and how we were going to adjust. And it came down to a few different things. It was what's happening, right? What kind of, how can we triage, how can we solve those problems and decisions being made in real time? And what I saw was an opportunity there to develop some quick dashboards reporting to understand what we were seeing. The Information was coming in fast and furious. It was really hard to separate the noise from the reality of what was really happening out there it was all different depending upon the market depending Mm -hmm. upon where you were at regulations and and closing businesses being labeled an essential business these these were all happening very quickly in this cliff that i mentioned of our revenue so we needed better information to make decisions we couldn't wait for a monthly PL to come out to tell us what to do we needed information every day uh, to see what was happening so um, i talked to one of our bright dbas who really talented and he was able to put together some real-time reporting for us on transaction volumes, not just the revenue, but the counts, the amounts, how they compared to year over year, month over month, day over day. And so that gave our leadership team the answers that they needed to really separate out what was happening and make instant decisions. Mm-hmm. And that affected our staffing, where we focused our marketing efforts, which stores were important to stay open versus not. Um, and and it, it was really important that we make those changes And it turned things around for us as a business to at least be able to accommodate what was happening and make good, solid decisions based on the data that we were seeing.
1: Got it. So what you're saying is for you, one of the most important assets was the availability of that data in a timely fashion for people to be able to make educated decisions in real time when they needed to make those decisions.
0: Absolutely. And and, and presenting it in a way that was digestible. Right, we didn't want to have to pour through tons of data and reports to get to the answers mm-hmm. that we needed. We 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 really focused on what was important uh, in this case, and and for us, we saw you know our mainline products dropped by a huge amount. But what we saw that was interesting, that wasn't clear in the revenue numbers, is some of our other products that were ancillary to the time actually grew by triple digits. Right, so by us making the right adjustments, we were able to take advantage of the opportunity while observing. A loss. If we would just look at, if we would have just looked at the revenue numbers, we may have just cut staff across the board mm-hmm. to accommodate what was happening. That wasn't the right decision. And this data, having this reporting, allowed us
1: to make the right decisions. Got it. What what kinds of decisions did you need to make in order to get that data available at that rapid level for people to be able to make those decisions? Was that something you had already done, or is that something you reacted to the market state in? And prepared that information so the executives can make decisions.
0: It was very reactionary, absolutely. Like like a lot of emergencies, right? Yep. Uh, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Sure. Um, um, so so we immediately made those decisions, and we enhanced them over time, right? As we got feedback from our different teams about their needs, we, we layered on compensation numbers, for example, right? What did our compensation lie, uh, line up to our spend, to our revenue, to the different components that were happening every day.
1: When you think about what you're able to build in a rapid way to serve what the executive team needed, which is really uh, awareness, its visibility to the metrics that are happening within the business at a rapid pace, and then they took that information and they made decisions on it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, A lot of companies are thinking about that as something that's hard to achieve, you've achieved it, Mm -hmm. and then beyond that is where you start thinking about, well how can I arm my business with things like prediction, or uh, thinking about storytelling based upon mm-hmm. data that doesn't leave it up to the interpreter, but maybe even tells them what could happen. You know, How far have you charted a course into some of those spaces? I know you have some data scientists.
0: Yeah, absolutely, so so the next step that we did off of that was, uh, other than the reporting, is we needed to better understand how to optimize our, our, our spend in those, our stores, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear the phrase "do more with less," right? Well, that was our reality. We had less staff, and we needed to do more with that staff. Um, and you know, like most people, uh, I don't like waiting in line, right? Customers don't like waiting in line. Um, uh, you know, when I drive, uh, customers will only wait in line so long, and they'll leave and they'll go to your competitor, right? In fact, me myself, I've driven past businesses and said, you know what? I can see that line's out the door. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll go somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? And when you lose customers like that, you lose revenue opportunity, you potentially lose retention, loyalty. Um, So what we did is we did a deep dive into the data tracking our transaction performance. How long does it take in milliseconds to perform a transaction? So we started tracking that data and assembling that data to better understand and measure step by step, each click, each step. Um, each interaction so we had the data to better understand each piece and when we did our deep dive even though our transactions on their face looked reasonable we found some great opportunities by making some slight changes to our design and our workflow we were able to save 30% of our transaction time now that's a few seconds it doesn't sound like much but think about 30 uh, 30% savings to your labor cost to your efficiency to your How does that affect your customer satisfaction? Yeah. Even your own employee satisfaction, right? They're dealing with happier customers. Your revenue goes up because you're serving more customers per hour, right? It, it has tons of benefits with a, just a very minor change, right? Like most companies, you know, at least in the retail space, labor is typically 50% or more of your spend. So it doesn't take much adjustment and tweak to that. To affect it in a bit, the company in a big way.
1: Yeah, big time. Um, how have you taken the data work that you've done and created data literacy? You know, data literacy across the organization has that been something that's been a challenge? Has it been easy based upon the employees that you have that already had that experience? Like, you know, what, what's that been like for you?
0: Absolutely, that's an incredibly challenging topic. Um, you know. Different people in their mind have a different definition of of common terms that are thrown around, right? And and you know, creating your data dictionaries and a common understanding is always really important when you're establishing uh, data literacy. Uh, definitely a challenge. Something that we've continued to work on. I'd say is definitely a work in progress. Um, taking control of the reporting and the metrics and the terms that are used and reinforcing those has been really important right so as soon as somebody says a term that doesn't quite align with the definition that we've agreed to mm-hmm. you've got to kind of self-correct and get them you know to work with the right terms and, and it becomes sort of the corporate language right that we all use uh and you've got to be diligent about that
1: oh huh, interesting are there certain people within the organization or groups within the organization that were able to adopt data literacy faster than others
0: definitely, you know, IT is of this mindset, right? Um, But I'd say, you know, certainly our operations team has been much more focused on using the terms that are important to them. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a retailer like I am, right, we work in retail, Um, operations is a large part of your focus. Um, This is your boots on the ground. This is really where the action is happening, right? Everything else in the organization is really support to that operations team. So in many cases that should be your focus uh, because they're speaking the language of our customer in essence. Hmm,
1: interesting. So when you think about taking it from something that's a very slow process that requires a lot of hand holding and and uh transformation and turning it into something which is a rapid process, what's next? I mean you've taken that data to a position where people can make rapid decisions on it. What is the business asking for now? that they can make those rapid decisions. Where How do you build on that?
0: It really is what you mentioned a moment ago is the analytics, the forecasting capability, the predictive capability, right? So I mentioned how we were able to measure transaction counts, right? Uh, I mentioned how we were able to measure transaction times. Well, the next logical step there is can I build a resource model that meets that? Mm-hmm. If I know my transaction times, I can do regression analysis on that transaction uh, transaction counts to predict what my transaction counts will be, I can now determine what staff levels and labor costs I need to support that, right? So getting that right-sized, right, to the right level of, because you, if, you, if, if you have too much staff in your stores, that means you're spending money that you don't need to spend, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like it's an expensive cost. If you have too little, We mentioned how customer service suffers, right? Customer satisfaction service, revenue uh, suffers, all those types of things, right? So um, getting that right was the next step for us. So we built a resource model or staffing model based on those data, and we had a really bright data scientist on our team that was looking for that opportunity, right? He was looking for, instead of just getting requests, which was really important, right, for the business, for an opportunity to really shine and show something different. And so he had this idea, he built the model, and we actually turned it into a usable piece of software mm-hmm. that we're now using today. Uh, and and we are really right-sizing our staff, um, which is, you know, like I said, is really important to the business, uh, and we're now being successful with that.
1: What have been the stages of getting your team members that have to make those decisions staffing decisions uh, to trust the model right so the model might tell them something and they have this intuition as to what they think it should be maybe the model says something different mm-hmm. how do you get them to trust the model what were the stages of that adoption for you
0: absolutely so one thing I've learned over my career and consulting and other other things you've got to partner with people right you don't build something and say here you go use it right because because we all might think maybe we're smarter it doesn't work that way in Mm -hmm. real life right you need to work with people get their input get their buy-in Buy-in is incredibly important um, when you're building something Uh, get their input make them part of the solution it's not about me it's about we right Um, and that's really important in business when you're working with different departments who have different objectives different needs to make them part of the solution and I've seen a lot of people fail at that, and, and it, it's, it's a silly mistake, but mm-hmm. it's very easy for us to fall into.
1: So have you found that adoption happened quickly because you were able to engage them in that way? Have you found that maybe it was sort of a, I'm gonna work with it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna validate it, I'm gonna maybe use it after I see it to validate my own decision, and then maybe trust starts to build to a point where uh, you can even automate what it's doing. Like, How far have you gotten down that channel?
0: Yeah, we're still, I would say, in a trial phase with that. Um, That's something that our teams, and we continue to get feedback, right? We host a weekly call to get feedback, right? And, you know, it's uncomfortable when you're working with your naysayers, right? Your skeptics, right? Sure. But I encourage you to do so, and and there's a couple of reasons. One, it's good to get an outside different perspective, right? Um, uh, to, to, To really validate, right? Are you going in the right direction? You can't make everybody happy right i think it was steve jobs that said if if you want to be in leadership um and you don't like working with people or you're hearing negative feedback go sell ice cream because uh i'm mangling the phrase i'm sure but um basically in your leadership you got to make the tough decisions but you've also got to work with people hear those skeptics now what i've also found and i'm kind of wired this way not everybody is is when i work with skeptics they actually motivate me Mm -hmm. right the naysayers motivate me to even do more right Uh, to prove that it's possible and and and, but but definitely at the very least listen to your skeptics because um, they're going to add value
1: Yeah, if you can convince your skeptics you can probably convince the rest of the business right that's right absolutely make them your ally work with them accomplish something that serves their needs yeah yeah awesome Um, you know when you think about those models that you're building you know how has operationalization of that come into play i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of trust that has to be built into your data, right? For the executive to make a decision based upon what he sees in your data, he has to trust it. For a, uh, an individual to make a decision based upon what he's being predicted to from your AI model, he has to trust it. So what have you built into your process surrounding operationalization to not only uh, not only have the trust but to respect that trust, to support the trust?
0: Yeah. You know, everything in leadership, anything that you want to manage, you better be able to measure it, right? Uh, and that's something that I've always kind of focused on, right? How do I measure? How do I instill a culture of measurement with my team so that they really understand how important that is? Now, you know, it, it, as us doing our measurements, we can compare. This is what the model predicted. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. You can always look back, right, and see, okay, how, how well did they line? where did they not quite line up that where's their opportunities right but the data at the end of the day is the data right Yeah, true. Um, but you've got to be prepared to be very upfront and self-aware sometimes we don't get it right um, but let the data show either way and, and get that feedback right continually improve
1: is there a certain degree of explainability you had to build in like this process is running i know what happened so therefore the data is accurate or mm-hmm. um, i know how the model arrived at this outcome so i can Explain that to a point when someone asks or is trying to understand it more. That we have a certain degree of like, show we show it our work.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and be prepared to do that. Right? There's no, there's no secrets here. You share, share what you've done. Right? Share the data. Yeah. Share the formulas that you're doing. Right? Break it down in business terms that everyone can understand. Back to the we. Right? This is not, this is not me and you or us them. This is we together, and, and and that's so important to developing a solution. Back to that we.
1: Got it. What about um, this sort of upskilling element to this? You know, you you've done a great job of taking something and really bringing data to the forefront in the business. And uh, in addition to bringing it to the forefront, increasing its uh, rapidity, enabling the prescriptive nature of it. You know, how did you do the upskilling part of enabling people not only to become data fluent, but to make the people who really needed to have the skills to have those skills and to to grow them when they didn't have
0: you know what? What really um, encourages me and excites me is when we identify opportunities in people. Um, you know, and, and that really goes back to the engagement. Are you working with your people? Are you recognizing your team's capabilities, their desires, um, their, their opportunities to grow, things that they'd be interested in? And when I what I get really excited about is when I identify an opportunity for the company, and I can marry that up to that person's opportunity that they're looking for it's that win-win right and i'm always looking for that when i see someone has that spark in their eye because they give that opportunity they're given that opportunity they can really show themselves yeah that's just magic and uh, and i encourage all leaders to really take ownership of that right hold yourself accountable and operate in that way
1: whenever you can you know building on the advice you'd have to leaders you know when you think about a company that is going down a data journey mm-hmm. you know one that is is in a relatively legacy state maybe they have an on-premise data warehouse or maybe they don't even have that and they're thinking about how i can make data a valuable commodity within our business something mm-hmm. that really brings about and extracts value from from our organization and helps us either make better decisions or to bring uh, bring capabilities to our products you know what would be your your sort of starter advice how do they get going
0: Absolutely, that's a great question. Uh, it's always hard to get started, right? It's, it's a lot easier to think about it. Action is important. Um, when I think about getting started, the first thing I would I would I would encourage someone to do is understand what you have. What data do you have? How's it stored? What, what's your inventory of data? What, so that you can marry that up to the opportunities. The next thing I would look at is is be aware, um, be looking through the lens of adding value or extracting value from data that means when you're in a board meeting when you're listening to others and their pain points pay attention to that be engaged people people are happy to tell you their pain points all day long right i've never met anyone that wasn't willing to to share Um, uh, but also their opportunities and don't just look at your peers and your board look look in all areas do you have shadow it talk to your shadow it they're a great opportunity for information of their ideas they're Closer to the action, right? Mm-hmm. Um, work with your peers, work with your skeptics to understand that. Um, align to your company's goals. Don't pick something that's out in left field, right? That's a little more esoteric. That that affects you know one percent of your business. You know, be aligned to your company's goals, and you should know your company's goals. If you don't, I think that's a whole separate conversation. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you should. But but I'll give you a shortcut. If if you really don't know your company's goals. Every CEO that I've ever met valued growth. It always—it wasn't always number one, but it was always within the top three. That's, that's an easy shortcut. If you can deliver something that's going to enhance growth, either by growing revenue, reducing cost, increasing efficiency, you're going to make your board happy. Um, and it doesn't take a lot of resources to put something together, right? You don't need a big team. You, you need some really basic tools to get started. And it really is about getting started. It's not just... You know, um, thinking about it and thinking about it, you've got to take that first step.
1: One of the things that uh, I've seen in the tech space has been when companies start to pursue transformative technology solutions, data, IoT, their new product development that pairs with the business's mission, you know, and so on. They, they make that a, a calling mission to the organization. Mm-hmm. It increases the the business's visibility and it helps with attraction of new talent. This is probably one of the most significant periods of talent choosing where they want to be, yeah. having the active opportunity to be able to select what businesses they they feel are aligned to their personal mission and how how they can provide value to that business once they've selected it. You know, how is this? Engagement within data than something that has transformed the way that you've uh, you've attracted new talent or retained talent
0: Sure, sure. There's there's a lot a lot going on in the industry as as, as you see, right? Um, The the great resignation or the great transfer, right? Lots of lots of different terms. I think I think you've got to be genuine Um, So many job descriptions that I say and so many interactions that I say in interviews are very one-sided They're very I'll almost say blah. They're very, they're very um matter of fact. Right? Where's the passion? Where's where are you where are you connecting with people? Right? Both both your existing employees and new opportunities, right? Are you paying attention? Are you do you do you have an engaging story of what you're trying to do Do you have vision? Right? We can say that for the data element or pretty much any other position. You've got to be able to share that vision, be genuine, and show that passion. People want to work. For something that has meaning, Mm
1: -hmm. right?
0: It's not just opportunity. Opportunity is important. Compensation is important, right? Um, All these things are important. You know, hybrid work environment. All these types of things, right? But these are a lot of these are table state types items, right? Where's the passion? Where Where are you going to attract people to work on something to work for the for a team that's going to excite them? Not only about the opportunities in terms of skill sets and things like that, which is also really important, but but. Are you able to share a vision with others and get them engaged? Right, that engagement is so important. HR teams will tell you all that all over the place. Right, engagement is really important to retaining and attracting talent.
1: You know, it's really interesting that you mention uh, the idea about meaning, because I don't know if that is something that, if you were to go back twenty years, mm-hmm. would have been the primary thing. You know, whether it's it was stability or it was just the financial reward of working for a particular company or was my dad work there, you know, but it feels like our current workforce, especially coming out of the pandemic and, you know, going through this period where people can Mm self-select is meaning within the workplace that they, that they value the mission of the organization they work for is if not, if not, the number one, it's it's very high up in people's, con- their social consciousness, the way they think about businesses, the way they think about what they are attaching themselves to. Would you agree?
0: Absolutely. And, and there's two levels to it. Do, do I believe in the mission of the organization? Do I even know what it is, right? Yeah. And do I believe in it, right? And, and am I true to that, right? Is the organization true to it? But also who they work for, their manager, their direct manager, right? If you look at studies, many people leave their job because of conflict, are not really working well with their manager, mm-hmm. direct person. That manager represents the company, right? So they have to take that responsibility, internalize that, that's important, right? Otherwise you're gonna lose people.
1: Yeah, what's the ethos of that manager, right? Yeah. Not, not do, And do they represent, that's an interesting self-check for companies to do, like, is. what is my organizational mission? Do my leaders represent that mission? and is their ethos aligned to the mission that we're projecting?
0: Absolutely. It's gotta be more than a mission statement on a piece of paper, right? Or on a yeah. wall, right? Are you really leaving it? Leaving, or living it? Are you really sharing? It? Is it part of your day-to-day? And, and if it's not, it maybe may be a problem.
1: Yeah, you have to be for real. Yeah. Um, all right, so speaking of being for real, um, our last question here. Um, one, one of the things that's been most transformative uh, for a lot of the people who we've had on this show, has been the people in their life, individuals who have helped them to be the change agents that they are today. You're clearly a person that has done really transformative work within PLS, understands the mission of the business, thinking about people. You know, Tell us a little bit about someone or, or multiple someones that have influenced your life and caused you to be the kind of change agent that you are. Yeah,
0: there's so many. I... Um... Uh, I read a lot, um, I, I listen a lot, um, I go to a lot of events to really absorb um, uh, input from a lot of different people and perspectives. Um, there's some great authors, uh, I'll give you an example, is uh, Simon Sinek. Right? He's got a book, The Why, Right, that was very influential to me uh, many years ago uh, and still is today. Um, I always, even in my day-to-day life when I look at projects, when I look at opportunities, I immediately gravitate to what's the why? Why are we doing this? What's that? What's, why is that important? He's got another great book, uh, same author, uh, The Infinite Game, which I would encourage uh, if you haven't read that. Um, David Goggins, um, he's got a great book on mental toughness. Uh, great author. Um, uh, Infonomics, um, I mentioned Doug Laney. Um, many other people, um, people that I work with at all levels, entrepreneurs all over the place I get inspired by. These are people that put everything on the line sometimes and, and they make it work um, from nothing in some cases, right? That's so inspiring to work with people. It's, ha- it's fast-paced, right? Every day, you don't when you work for an entrepreneur uh, in a startup, you come in the door, you don't know what's gonna happen the next day, what right. problems to solve. But I'm the type of person that's wired to enjoy that, right? I like that uncertainty. It it excites me. It it, it you know, um, uh, it motivates me a lot. Um, so a lot of authors, people that I've worked with, um, Jamar Jones. He's been uh, as an entrepreneur. He's been really inspirational to me. Um, Corey Kroll, uh, Randy uh, Walensky, and others, right? Uh, people that I work with at all levels. Um, I see them put themselves out there, and that inspires me.
1: Awesome. Yeah. know Simon. Probably the most watched TED Talk, right? Yeah. The the, um, Start with why. Yeah. Um, I think everybody could ask that. You can ask that in personal life and in your professional life. Absolutely. Pretty pretty awesome ways.
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome, man. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you for walking through the data journey that you had, uh, the transparency about how adoption happened and how data was so useful during COVID to make rapid decisions, the understanding of how starting with why and your influences have helped you. Just awesome sources of information and guidance for us. Thank you.
0: Thank you for giving me the opportunity. It was really exciting to hear your perspectives. And uh, as we talk through this, um, it's made me think uh, even more about some of the topics. So thank you.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again. And thank you for joining us on the Change Agent Podcast. We will see you next time.